What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Hamilton Trained Podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton, and you can probably hear these loud-ass birds in the background. <laughs> if you can, we'll just call this the nature episode. No, not really. Um, hope you're doing well. Thanks for making it back to the show for those that are po- uh, Hamilton Trained Podcast vets. Um, and if you're new here, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Now, before we get into today's episode, I did want to have a big thank you from uh, my sponsor. So um, big thank you to Flex Pro Meals, as always. Um, if you guys, I'm telling you, <laughs> I say this every episode, but uh, they make my life so fucking easy. Because here, here's the reality. I'm busy as hell. My schedule can be unpredictable as much as I would like to have it you know, predictable. Um, there are so many times that I either we forget to go get groceries and it's like, oh shit, need food or we make food and we don't want it. And it's like, you know what? Taco Bell just sounds better. You know what I mean? But the issue is too much of that stuff also can totally inhibit goals. You know, if you're smashing Taco Bell three, four times a week, um, you know, or I, everyone knows I love my Wendy's. So, um, but the thing is a, a lot of times convenience just trumps everything, right? So that's why, um, that's why FlexPro is so so helpful because basically they every month ship me my meals and they're they're made by a chef, they're pre-made, they're macro friendly, they're calorie friendly, and I literally throw them in the microwave and it's done. So and it, it just makes things super, super easy. Cause I'm also not about that like boring ass bland food life either. You know, a lot of times we when we think of meal prep stuff um, or you know, better quality eating we think of like blandless chicken rice and broccoli. Well, the thing is flex pro is anything but that they have some of the most amazing tasting food. I don't know how they make it so calorie and protein friendly. I just don't get it, but I also don't question good things either. So, um, so they, uh, they, they're absolutely amazing. They sponsor the show. Um, yeah. So if you guys are interested remotely in that, just check out their website. I mean, literally just go with the websites in the description, flexpromeals.com. If you just go like play around on their website, look at their menu, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, how do they do that? So definitely check that out. Even if it's like just have some meals in your fridge on deck to help keep you out of a drive drive throughs because it's also really cost effective as well. Um, where basically it's, you're not going to be spending any more than you probably already do in drive-thrus. Um, but you're not going to have to like actually get out of your house and go through a drive-thru and then, you know, potentially mess up your goals. So anyway, if you d- decide to get anything, I want you to save some money. Um, use my code Hamilton trained at checkout. Yes, it supports me and I appreciate it, but it also saves you 20% at checkout. So be, be sure to check those guys out. Now, more housekeeping. Um, if you haven't already, be sure and subscribe to two places. Number one, the YouTube. Well, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, that's a given. But um, I've been making more YouTube content. I just dropped a really big maintenance video, basically on all the details about maintenance, but more specifically the mindset going into maintenance. You know, worries about gaining weight back, worries about spading out of control, misconceptions about maintenance, and then the actual part of maintenance. So um, I'll leave that in the link below as well, or in the description below as well. Um, but you could just go to my YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Jared Hamilton. And that's there. Um, if you're not subscribed to my email list, you are also missing out on some of my best content as well. I have over there, uh, I have my free five day course and a bunch of other emails set up that are basically going to just make your life a lot better. Um, but then now getting into the nuts and bolts of the podcast. I know I've just been talking your ear off for the past few minutes, but I appreciate you still hanging around. Um, so today's episode, I'm actually interviewing one of my coaches, Grant. So on some of the uh, episodes coming up, I'm wanting, I'm wanting to actually interview my team, right? So a lot of you guys, some of you guys know I have a team, some don't. Um, basically, I want to give you guys a chance to not just like meet the other coaches that work underneath me, but also their perspectives are a little bit different. So on today's episode, I interview my uh, one of my coaches, Grant. Grant Kucinich, um is an absolutely amazing human. He's been coaching with me for, for uh, a couple years now. And I, I literally trust this dude with I mean, it doesn't matter what I trust this dude with my life. Um, I go on vacation and I'm like, yo, here's everything. And I have zero uncertainty about anything going on. I know he can handle it. I, I trust his decision making. He's literally just an amazing human. And I always say, and I always, I joke, but I'm still serious. And he's way smarter than me. He's, he'll get into some of his biology nerdy stuff, but he's just brilliant the way he thinks about things. It's one of the reasons he coaches so well. Not only is he empathetic as fuck, he's also been through his own ups and downs with, with weight loss in this fitness game. But he also, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a biology nerd. Like he, he's, he's a very scientific human. So 
uh, which works really well when it comes to coaching for data analyzing, right? So like, and, and this goes more than just like cal- calories or weigh-ins, the way he can look at a person and watch what they're doing, their execution, their consistency, uh, the, the way their, their progress metrics are showing, and he can decipher and, and dial in someone so well. It's, I, I, it's one of the things that I appreciate about him so, so much is not only can he be empathetic, but he's also so data driven where, you know, a client may not think they're making progress, but he's like, Oh no, 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 look at all these data markers because I mean, we're all data driven, but, but Grant is extremely data driven just from his, um, his scientific background and with biology and things like that. But he just has a whole different perspective. I love him like a brother. He's an integral part of the team here with Hamilton trained. Um, yeah. So I want to, to basically, I basically just wanted to interview him and have a cool conversation. Cause anytime Grant and I talk, um, it's <laughs> anytime we talk, um, it just goes, goes and goes and goes. And I always think, man, I just wish we recorded this. So we actually did that, but, um, cause we're getting into specifics around like what makes, what, what the commonalities are between his, like the most successful clients he sees or the people who struggle with the most and things like that. So it's going to be super tactical, right? This isn't just like a big coaching push. It's for, if you would never coach with us, um, there's going to be a lot of value here. Now, if you listen to this and you're like, yo, I would love to coach with you guys, or I love the way Grant thinks, and I would love to coach with Grant. I will also leave below. Um, I will also leave below the applicate, uh, the, basically the link to where you can apply to coach with us. And after listening to this, if you're like, yo, I would love to coach with Grant, be sure and put in the application at the very bottom. Cause at the, one of the things on the application is all these weird questions, but then at the bottom it says, is there anything else you want me to know? Um, and if you listen to this and really liked it and want to work with Grant, be sure to put note, no, uh, put a note at the bottom that like, yo, I really want to work with Grant. So um, hope this was valuable. And I'm sorry, well, you haven't listened to it yet. I know this is going to be valuable. Let me know what you think and I will talk to you soon. And we are live. What's up, dude? What up, man? How are you? Doing pretty good. good. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. Why was... I don't know what that was. I just moved off the desk. But anyway, um, yeah, dude. So uh, like we talked about, I'm recording an intro separate from this. But um, do we, we've come a long way from doing dieting and donuts yeah, yeah. In, in there yeah, with yeah. like Remy running around, knocking into the cords over here. Yep. No doubt with uh, actual recording software and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So we are in my house. We are recording uh, in my basically garage, man cave, gym, training studio, whatever you want to call this. I don't you know, I never came up with a name for this. I feel yeah. like I should have. It should be the, what's, what's Batman's? The Batcave? The Batcave? It should be the Jared Cave. The Jared Cave? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but all right. So for those that don't know, Grant is uh, one of my coaches. Grant has been uh, working with me for... It's been a while now, a couple two, years. A couple years now, but um, absolutely amazing human, but I'll get into that. You guys have heard that in the, uh, in the intro, but... Um, I want to basically get Grant on here because not a lot of people know about you. Um, and most people that are listening, listening to this is through the, the podcast right now. So right. Um, a lot of people may not even know like you exist, which isn't a good thing. So basically give everyone a rundown of like who Grant is and not just of coaching, but like outside of this, like obviously dog stuff, because if you're <laughs> not into dogs, you're a piece of shit. I'm just kidding. You're not a piece of shit human, but I will judge the fuck out of you (laughs) so we'll we'll just uh jump right into the to the dog (laughs) stuff so uh and this is how you know you're a dog lover when your phone background has got a picture of your dog so i've i've got uh three dogs and then my baby he's uh a completely deaf french bulldog named walter walter is an angel yeah and he's uh he's made an appearance over here um he was having a blast but yeah walter came into the jared cave and um Licked my floor, so yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's had a good time in here. That's right. Got to meet some of the clients. Um, but so uh, yeah, and I've always been a dog lover. I've there's there's never been a time in my life where I haven't had a dog. Yeah, like from the time that uh, that I was born, we had <laughs> we had Gadget, and then you know go through the list. That's such a dog name. Yeah, That's Gadget such a dog name. Yeah, she was a good dog. That's cool. She yeah, uh, she was a smart one too. She uh, knew how to like use a diving board. Um, really? My grandma had a pool. She knew how to like use a diving board, climb wow. up the ladder make a loop, jump off again. So that's awesome. But, um, so outside of being a dog lover, uh, and coaching stuff side. So I'm a huge biology nerd. Um, as you know, Grant, Grant is so much smarter than me. It's not even funny. I don't know if I'd say that. I, I, I pick your brain a lot about <laughs> nerdy sciencey shit, but, but so, you know, I, so I graduated, uh, in, uh, 2018 with a degree in biology. 
Um, and then I did a brief stint of work as a biologist, which was pretty cool. Um, I was down in Panama in the rainforest looking at like, trees. Like, hang on, hang on, pause. When you first told me that, I thought you were talking about Panama City Beach. <laughs> not like... That'd be fun, too. Not like, no Walmart Panama. <laughs> Maybe internet Panama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, so I did that. So I'm a huge biology nerd. Uh, I really love to learn. Um, I'm currently uh, a student as well as a coach right now, so... Um, yesterday I just took a physics exam. That was a blast. I fucking hate physics. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, um, I, I like to learn. Um, I really love, uh, everything to do with fitness. Um, obviously that's kind of why I'm a, I'm a coach. You were, you, well, you were doing fitnessy shit before, like you and I really knew each other. Well, you know what I mean? You were yeah. already like work. You not, were, not like super seriously. I mean, I'd say that probably like, I don't know, once you and I started working together, that's probably when I started like going up a notch in sure. terms of like how serious I took things. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's the cool thing. That's, that's one of the things that I, 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 I love about you and Abby so much is that like you both were clients, like, yeah. like, like for those listening, like Grant before Grant started like actually coaching for me, he, um, he was a client. Yeah. For, for a while, for, for a long time and had your, your own, you know, mental, emotional, physical transformation kind of thing. And then you're like, yo, I want to do this. Like, for others and the timing was perfect and that's when we started you you hopped on board with the team and yeah. stuff so um and, and anytime i've told that to a client that's like say let's say someone's applying for coaching and they go to you um i'll, I'll one of the things i always bring up is like ironically grant started as a client yeah. and they're like that's cool as shit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah I, th I think the industry of coaching and training it's like how to put without sound like a total piece of shit um too many coaches have never struggled. They've like come mm -hmm. out of the womb with eight packs and like the <laughs> amount of coaches I've talked to that are like, oh, I just have my clients do what I did. Yeah. And it's like, okay, 45-year-old Mrs. Jones is different than shredded to the gills mm -hmm. Jason. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that was probably one of the most eye-opening things whenever we first started. It's, you know, you think that like, because, you know, at the time I was wanting to do like a physique competition. Yeah. So, you know, at the time you're like, okay, you know, just if everyone does what I did to get in shape, mm -hmm. then, but that's the furthest thing from the truth. No, absolutely. I actually was talking early on in my training career when I was working for a bunch of gyms. Um, dude was awesome, but, um, there was a, I worked with a, what I would call a Greek God. He was like six, three sculpted out of marble, never not been shredded. And we were talking trainer talk and he's like, yeah, dude, I just have my clients do what I do. And I'm right. like, yeah, which is, which that's, is horrible. That's a terrible thing yeah. to do, you know? But, um, so is there anything else to your story about Grant? <laughs> oh man. I mean, I, I don't know. Is there anything in, in particular that, that you could think of? Like, uh, um, not off the top of my head. I mean, um, I mean like, uh, so, I mean, you know, there's the biology thing. I feel like that's a pretty big part of who I am. Um, I still think you need to get a stingray tattoo. Stingray tattoo. I, I still, I just, I'm so indecisive. I, I don't know. Dude, I'm telling you, ever since I got mine, because I guys that are listening, I've been trying to talk Grant into getting a big-ass tattoo for a while. And ever since I got my giant sleeve, I just love it. Yeah. Like, I love, I want another one. Do you ever wake up and you're like, oh, shit, what's that? Yes, uh, <laughs> especially coming out of winter, because I got yeah. tattooed in winter wearing sweatshirts and stuff. And then, like, now it's the summer, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's not a Sharpie. I want a leg sleeve. I think that would be cool. I think that'd be incredibly painful, though. Yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely. But Get, like, the kneecap tattooed. Well, I don't know. I thought about going from like kneecap down, like shin, but I've also mm. been told shins because you don't have much meat on the, I, on your, the front side. But, um, well, because a lot of that, we, what I wanted to get into with you, which is very kind of along the lines of you is the coaching side. Mm -hmm. Um, not just to let people know that, Hey, you're a coach and that you're really good at what you do, but specifically from the value side, like, Hey, here's what the, you know, your best clients all have in common or with what you've seen, what the biggest, the people who struggle the most, what they have in common and kind of go down that road that way mm -hmm. for the people listening or, or watching whoever, even if someone would never coach with us, um, they can still get a lot of value. Right. I, I, I got a lot of great feedback from the podcast I did about, it was a solo episode, but where I basically said what we look for in clients mm -hmm. and things like a student unlearning, um, coachable, like slow, the slow game, all that stuff. Like a lot of people who would never coach with us or, or just, you know, that kind of thing got a lot of value from it. Yeah. And I wanted this to be kind of the same way. So okay. that way, if people are like, yo, I would love to do coaching, we could talk about that. But the whole point of this as well is not just do a big coaching pitch, but basically um, like for those that would never coach, 
okay, here's what the most successful people have in common. Here's what the most struggling yeah. people have in common. So don't do what the people who struggle do. So, yeah. um, so let's get into that. Let's talk about like, in your opinion, whether you have client stories or, or just general, whatever, what do you see the most, the people who are the most successful have the most in common? So, um, I mean, there's a lot of things with that. You know, I was actually kind of thinking about this on the way over there where, you know, before I really got to thinking about that in depth, I would have said if someone's just, uh, you know, completely like blank book, right? So, you know, just whatever I tell them, you know, they write down and they follow it. And I was thinking, you know, maybe that would be, um, you know, the most successful, but I actually got to thinking about that a little bit more. And I think those that come in with some knowledge, even if it's wrong knowledge, I think those are actually some of the better ones Really? that, yeah. So kind of how I was thinking about it is, you know, having an openness to learn and, you know, trust in what I say, but also having knowledge to push back with, because I think that creates a teaching moment where, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could tell point. you that, you know, you need to eat, um, you know, X amount of protein per day. But if you have a preconceived notion that you need to be eating some other amount, and then I can, you know, kind of use that as a teaching amount. So it's good to have openness. So like maybe half the pages in that book are written. Yeah, no, I, I, I never really thought about it that way, but I, I would agree with that because, um, I mean, I mean, in both cases, you have a great outcome. You have completely blank slate. People don't know what a calorie is and you can educate them and you can do their thing. And so that way they have no bad habits and right. no old things to unlearn. Like that's usually pretty easy. One of the things that I find most fulfilling, and I think, I think you're right. Longer term success is when they have some unlearning to do because mm -hmm. it, it instantly gives you contrast, right? right? Like for example, um, I'm going to use my dogs as an example. So, um, uh, my, my two girls, Lily and Nika, for those that don't know, all my dogs are rescues. Lily and Nika, my two, my two girls came from an abusive owner, abusive owners. Remy was in a bougie doggy <laughs> shelter. So I got Remy as a baby and he has never seen a rough day in his life. <laughs> so let me just put that one on the back burner for a second. Then I have Nika and Lily who I got as adult dogs, not from a shelter, from literal pieces of shit that, that abused them. Um, they have some baggage, obviously, but, um, but like I can tell a massive difference on just literally them enjoying being on the couch from like, they've been beaten and left outside. And it's like, you it's, it's almost like I can like, it's, I'm going to sound like a, a hippie dog dad, but whatever, <laughs> where it's like, you can just like feel their appreciations deeper yeah. versus like Remy has never not had cuddles. Nika and Lily didn't have cuddles for three years after being like beaten with a two by four. Right. So or like you'll see somebody that like grew up with nothing, mm -hmm. how they appreciate getting things a lot more like receipt. Like let's say someone, um, uh, okay, I'll, I'll use myself for an example. I didn't grow up in a, like a bad childhood, but growing up, I didn't, we didn't buy brand name clothes. We did, we like, I bought, mo we got most of our clothes from like Goodwill and we, you know, a lot of penny scraping, like that kind of stuff. So when I have the income to buy nicer things, I appreciate it a lot more because I know where I've been. Right. I know where I came from. Um, in the beginning stages of coaching, I know what it's like being scared to pay my light bill. Right. So like, because I have that contrast to go back to, I can appreciate a lot more versus let's say someone who was handed a million dollars. It, right. they may not have that. I find the same thing, just like you said, with clients where, um, let's say like they, they had some unlearning, like teaching someone they can eat three th or let's say 2000 calories a day that we're eating a thousand. They are so much more appreciative and so much more change than the person who just ate 2000 a day. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and I mean, so, you know, if you want to call it like the contrast or the baggage or whatever that comes with that, I also think that that kind of gives them, you know, the human element that is unique to them because, you know, there are a million different, I mean, obviously everyone's got different goals and everything, but you know, no matter what the goal is, there's always going to be more than one way to do it. So, you know, if you have someone that comes in with a blank slate, you know, that is just literally a, a completely, you know, unwritten book, then, you know, you miss out on the uniqueness to them because, you know, there's a million different ways to cater things to them. And, you know, if you don't have that, then, you know, how do you cater it to them? Yeah, without a doubt. Well, and again, I think a lot of, I mean, I mean, our lives are based upon, are mm -hmm. set up on that, right? Like most people who have never not lived in, who've never been homeless don't appreciate the house enough. Right. I've never been homeless, right? Like, thankfully. So like, I don't live in it. Like my house isn't like a mansion, but I don't appreciate it as much as I would if right. I was homeless. You know, right. someone who's been, this is why I always try to change some people's perspective along this line, these lines when it's like, 
let's say someone comes to us and they've been trendy dieting, they've been starving themselves, they've been yo-yo dieting, they've been indoctrinated into diet culture and their emotions are all over the place. I, and they, they feel defeated because of mm -hmm. it. But it's like, look, you achieving balance is going to happen so much easier and quicker because you know what one extreme is. Right. If you've never experienced an extreme, how do I mean? I would argue it's hard to find balance, you know, right. but, but good for you. Like, that's awesome. But it's not that like, it's, it's not always as bad when you've been like, someone's been like, let's say had eating disorders and emotionally ate and struggled, really struggled and like starved themselves. It's like, okay, that sucks. And I wish you didn't do that, but there's a bright light to it mm -hmm. where now you know what that's like. So right. you're never going to go there again. Yeah. And then, you know, once they get to, uh, you know, wherever it is that they want to be, you know, they appreciate it that much more. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, no, I love it. Well, so, so like for you, what's some of the stuff like and with your clients, if you have anything off the top of your head that like they've overcome or they've like, um, how to put that they've just like, they've, they've done this. Yeah. Like I'm sure you have a handful. So, you know, um, I would say that it's probably more typical than atypical that I take someone from an extreme than someone that's basically just starting from nowhere and then trying to work. So like, for example, I had someone that whenever they were first starting out with me, you know, they were literally working out, you know, seven days a week, you know, two, three hours a day, they were eating, you know, on average, like thousand calories, that was probably a, a high day for them. So, you know, going from that and then reeling them back, showing them moderation and then progressing them from there. Mm. Um, you know, that I think in terms of, you know, really like good success stories, I really like that one in particular yeah. because, you know, it goes from, you know, the literal, you know, the most extreme <laughs> scenario ever. Right. And, you know, you take them back and then, you know, it's just amazing because they can live their life again. You, that, that's the thing is it's, it's literally teaching someone how to thrive. It's not like dope. You're going to lose 30 pounds. Like, okay. Like it's the difference between let's say losing 30 pounds as a goal versus losing, losing 30 pounds as a side effect of learning how to thrive. Right. Um, I think a lot of people approach that. That's where people go wrong. They approach this game where they make, I always have the hardest time explaining this. They make the process, the goal where yeah. like, let's say someone's like, I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. Like for what? Right. It's like, I love that. But 30 pounds is the process of what? Right. Of fitting into your clothes, of looking amazing, of feel amazing, of thriving, of, um, you know, being confident in the bedroom, right, whatever right. it is. But like 30 pounds is like a side effect of that. It's, this is where I think a lot of people sabotage because going off of a different tangent, if your goal is to lose something, we're, we're literally mentally programmed to find what we lose. If you mm -hmm. lose your phone, you literally unconsciously like freak out and go find it. Well, so many people, you know, you lose your keys, you find it, you lose your kid, you find them. Like, <laughs> you know, if my dog runs off, I'm going to go find him. So when we lose 30 pounds, ironically, we go find it mm -hmm. and sabotage kicks in. It's, it's an unconscious program. You know what I mean? So, I, I would agree those are the best stories where you, instead of it just being like, yo, we're going to lose some weight, which are still great, but where it's like, wow, my entire life changed. Yeah. I actually think this is a sign you're doing it the right way when your life changes. If you only lose weight and your life doesn't get better, I would argue there may be some stuff right. that you're missing. Yeah. Versus if all of a sudden you lose weight, but your marriage is better, you're happy, you're, you're, you handle your emotions better, um, you know, you don't. All, it's like, it's like what we talk about in our coaching core values, right. right? It's like your whole, if you do this the right way, everything should change Yeah, because you're fixing you at the root, not just a side effect, you yeah. know? You know, so, so, so that's one, um, you know, I've also had people that have, uh, you know, and to me, this was really because growing up, I was super self-conscious as a kid. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I've taken people that literally, you know, that, like they could not bring themselves to take a progress photo. You know, I've had people that go from that, they couldn't step on a scale, couldn't measure themselves, you know, to literally being, you know, comfortable taking pictures, being confident in it's their pictures. Um, you know, so, so like to me, I also really like that because that literally took them out of their shell that opened up a whole yeah. new, you know, light for them where, you know, they, they can now literally go out and hang out with their friends and be comfortable mm -hmm. in their own skin. Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's funny, like we've talked about before is if you just keep like digging deeper on a reason, you're going to get someone to fucking ball. Like, right. because generally like, like when people tell me all the time I hear, they're like, well, I know it's superficial, but <laughs> I would just want to like look better. And I'm like, why is that superficial? Right. Like who's indoctrinated you to think that like, you can't love the way you look. Right. Because then if we find it, people are like, well, I just feel like it doesn't matter. But like, 
well, let's break that down. Well, why do you want to look good? Well, because I don't and I'm self-conscious. Okay, why is it important not to be self-conscious? Well, because um, and now they give you reasons. Now um, I'm not comfortable going out with friends. Now I'm not comfortable like in the bedroom. Now mm -hmm. I'm not confident because I look bad. And I'm like, oh, so why are all of those important? And if we break this down to like its core, it's, it's because you want to be happy. Right. Um, not that like weight loss equates to happiness necessarily in that context, but it comes down to, I just want to be happy. Yeah. Which is a big fucking deal. That's the, that's the reason we do anything is mm -hmm. because we think our lives will be better because of it. Right. Well, and you know, and one of, one of the cool things about coaching too, and you know, in some ways I wish that we could just like, you know, like for example, with the person that, you know, couldn't take a picture of themselves, you know, I wish there was something that we could have just said that instantly flipped the switch, but that's kind of the beauty of coaching mm -hmm. is it's not that I just say one thing to you and right. I have the magic knowledge that well, just flips the Google. switch, but it's, it's the process yeah. of coaching. Well, no, because otherwise if it was that we would, I mean, Google, <laughs> right. Right. Well, it, and, and I mean, then that kind of leads into the next, like, you know, big quality is, you know, having someone that fully trusts in the process mm -hmm. and, you know, is willing to, you know, throw themselves into it and believe in it. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I said, there, there's not one thing that you say that, fixes everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't, you know, instantly fix food relationships. You can't, you know, instantly fix, you know, binge eating things yeah. like that. It's, it's a process. Yeah. Well, because I mean, it's, it's interesting. Most people outside of fitness and fat loss are cool with the process, mm -hmm. paying off a house, going to college, going through high school, um, meeting someone, dating them and getting, getting engaged and marrying over the course of, let's say a year. But you say, Hey, you've been binge eating for the past 20 years. Hey, you've been scared of fucking snicker bars. Hey, you've been yo-yoing with the same 30 pounds for 30 years. And then they're not shredded in eight weeks and they're mad, you yeah. know, but there's something I didn't come up with this. There's a, a businessman that I, I really like his name's Sean Whalen. He said this and I just, it, it hit me. I use it in coaching all the time. Now it's what we appreciate appreciates. Okay. Right. So, but here's the thing. Most people don't appreciate the process. Right. How many times you see a person or a client, let's say they're down a quarter of an inch, or let's say they're down a half pound on their averages, mm -hmm. barely anything. Or their, their, their clothes that were super crazy tight or slightly less super crazy tight. Like nothing crazy, just a little bit of progress. And they go, I'm stuck. I'm not making progress. And you mm -hmm. go, no, you like, you, you binge, you used to binge eat every week and now you like don't binge eat every week right. or, or you, you, you're down a pound or you're down a quarter of an inch and they go, yeah, but yeah, I'm not where I, da, 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 da. but it's like, think about it. If you can't appreciate a micro achievement why do you think you're going to achieve a fucking transformation? And I equate it to a stack of paper, right? If you take a stack of like, you go to the store and buy a giant four inch stack of paper, everyone wants the four inch stack of paper, but no one appreciates the single piece. Right. But because if what you're wanting is the transformation, we'll call that the four inch stack of paper, but it's made of what a thousand sheets mm -hmm. or whatever. But let's say each of those sheets is a micro, micro, a super micro metric of progress. Right. Let's say that's a pound off. Let's say that's uh, one less binge eating episode that you would have had. Let's say that's a half of a pound down. Let's say that's you normally would have quit and you didn't, or you fell off and you got back on now instead of three weeks from now. We need to celebrate those because what we appreciate appreciates. If you can't be happy with the one piece of paper, you're not going to appreciate the whole stack because the whole stack is made up of singular pieces of paper. Right. And it's, if we don't appreciate the little, how on earth are you going to appreciate the big? Right. Right. Um, what I like to say also with, with clients, especially that have kids, it's like, what happens if your kid doesn't appreciate the toys in their toy box right now? Would you go give them more? And the, most people wouldn't. They're like, yeah, I gave little Billy a, his new Power Ranger toy. And, and they're like, I wanted the red one. And he throws it away. It's like, you're not going to go buy him the red one. Right. You're going to be like, you little fucking shit. <laughs> you don't appreciate what you have. But what happens if he's like thankful for like his popsicle stick? Yeah. And he's like, mom, that I just, I love this popsicle stick so much. <laughs> you're the best mom ever. You're probably going to like, you'd go to Walmart right now and buy him anything he wants. Right. But yeah. Um, now, so kind of transitioning what do you see among whether your people or just like conversations, the, the commonalities amongst the people who struggle the most? I know like we could say the inverse of the, the, the most successful ones, but like, see, the, like if we had to give some, some specifics people, like especially, especially my audience, they, the more granular, the better, the more tactical, the better. So, so I, I mean, Im impatience, that's, that's that. something that, you know, everyone, I mean, you know, and it kind of just goes back to what we just said, you know, it's, 
thinking that that half pound that you lost from one week to the other Mm -hmm. is nothing. Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) like truthfully, everyone's problems could probably be solved with probably one or two things. Number one, giving them more time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, number two, believing in it. I think that's severely underrated. Yeah. Most people fake the the process versus like, but it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you see someone who fakes like, okay, the process, but they're still like desperate. Yeah. But then you see the people who are like, I don't care how long this takes. Right. And it's like their results are night and day different. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, because it's, it's one of those things where, you know, for example, if, if someone's been, uh, you know, with you for a while, you know, typically like whenever someone starts a new program, just, you know, due to physiological things, you know, their weight spikes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they don't trust in the process, they don't, you know, believe it, then, you know, whenever they see that, you know, spike and wake, they're like, oh shit, I've done something wrong. Yeah. You know, the past three months of everything that I've done is just, you know, out the window, but you know, it's just a normal thing and it's just another stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I would classify that as like absolutely impatience plays into that. But I think that is, uh, is basically it's, I think that would be one of the most common. That would be like number two. Um, but I think that is allowing yourself to be emotionally driven. Right. If you, if like, that's, that's why it's one of like our, it's, I think core value. Number one is having a level of emotional intelligence and not giving into emotional based decisions. Right. But like, I bet everyone listening right now, if I were to ask if every time you made a bad decision, was it out of an emotional place? I mm-hmm. think everyone would agree. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, kind of one thing also that I would say is being, uh, you know, so I, I'm a very data-driven person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, As you should be. You know, and, and so, you know, one thing, and you, you should allow yourself to have, you know, emotion in certain things. But when it comes to progress, you know, you really need to look at that. I, I think that people let emotions be the lens that they look through when it comes to progress. You know, yeah. I think uh, that, you know, a lot of the people that, um, you know, struggle in one commonality that I see with that is they allow their emotions to see the progress where, you know, if they were to just look at it from the black and white, you know, data driven, you know, they would see all these different things, but you know, they're, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. what you said with your, you know, reticular activating system, you know, you train yourself, you're going to look for the one spot that's not changed. Well, and, and that's the thing I was listening to a Tony Robbins podcast the other day, and he was talking about this. He was like, we're all programmed from a defensive mechanism in our brain to find the one thing we don't like, the one thing that's not serving us, the one thing that's right. not whatever. But like, like, for example, I was speaking with a lady the other day who was applying for coaching and she asked me, she goes, how do you, how do you learn to like love things about your body when you hate everything about you? And that's a really fucking deep question. Yeah, that's, that's not a quick one. But here's the thing. But I said, I don't care if you've been diagnosed with body dysmorphia. I don't believe you hate everything about you. And she's like, really? And I go, let me ask you this do you have two symmetrical eyes? She goes, well, yeah. I mean, imagine one eye that was two inches higher. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's an attribute about your body. I said, do you have like, no offense to anyone who has this. I said, do you have like a growth the size of a a potato growing out your forehead? You watch Dr. Pimple Popper. There's plenty of people out there like that. And she goes, oh no. I go, so what don't you like about yourself? She's like, I don't know. I got a little bit of a belly and you know, I just wish I was, you know, I look in the mirror and I just like want to fall into a hole. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I get that. Like I get there's things about us that we don't like because that's what causes change. I said, but what are some stuff that you like would not change about you? And she goes, I'm not going to lie. My tits are super hot (laughs) and my face is really cute. And I go, interesting. I go, you literally in the same five minutes said, I hate everything everything about me. And you want to melt into a hole when you walk in front of a mirror, but you also just gave two really big things. Almost every girl I know would want to have beautiful tits and (laughs) her wordy, not mine. And, uh, in a cute face. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, it's one of those things, but like, think about every time from a repetition standpoint, every time if she looks in the mirror, she doesn't think great tits, great face. She goes fat piece of shit. Right. But like do that over the course of a year. How many reps do you have the wrong way? Right, how many, right. like how much negative momentum do you have? This is why part of this game comes into unlearning and like forcing yourself to see what you, what's there versus what, you know, you've been programmed to think. Yeah. Like it's, it's why one of my favorite things I'll, I'll ask clients is they'll, they'll say, Jared, I'm not making progress. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I go, if I paid you a grand, a thousand dollars to show me any metric of progress, could you yeah. do it? And they go, oh, well, yeah, if you did that. And I go, interesting though why can't you now right it's because they're choosing to look at the wrong things yeah yeah and you know i mean and then you know you have a, a resistance to unlearn um yeah oh yeah it's, it means death to your brain it's totally yeah. normal well and, and you know i mean you, you'll always have people that uh 
you know, we'll, we'll be doing everything right. We'll be progressing this and that. And then, you know, something will pop up that's, you know, like a trigger from the past or something. And then they'll, you know, flip their mind or they're switching their mind that goes back to thinking how, you know, they did back then. And then, you know, then we have to go through that again. So I would say that that's probably another thing is like a resistance to unlearn. True. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, well, here's the thing. I think people think something's wrong when they have a resistance to learn Mm -hmm. because where people make, in my opinion, really bad decisions, not just in emo- emotionally, but is when they think something's not supposed to happen, right. right? It's like when someone sees a scale spike and they go, oh no, I'm in a deficit, but the scale spiked. It's because they think that's, that's not supposed to happen. Right. But like, there are some seriously negative experiencing things people go through that you know nothing, it's not, it's, it's supposed to happen. Um, like, like, for example, one I like to give to a lot of the ladies I work with is I say, imagine if someone never told you what a period was. Mm-hmm. Like you literally bleed like you're a wounded animal. You feel like a, an aliens are gonna gonna crawl through your stomach, and you're extra emotional when you PMS really hard. But like almost every woman I know, they don't think something's wrong with them when that time of the month rolls around. They go, "Oh, this is biological, and it's totally fine." Right. It sucks. Periods aren't fun. Like I've never had one, but like I know a lot of people who have, and they're not fun. But like they get through it, and they go through the suck. Because they know it's supposed to happen. To be honest with you, if you're like 20 and you go to the doctor and go, yo, I've never had a period, something's wrong. Right. But when people have a resistance to learning, uh, they, they have trouble unlearning, they you know, feel like they're not seeing progress, it doesn't mean anything's wrong. It's like your mental period. It's, right. it's supposed to happen. Your brain is wired to, for survival. So if everything you knew the past 10 years has been the wrong stuff, leaving those thoughts, leaving that old conditioning is going to feel like death to your brain. So your inner child scared as fuck. I mean, it it would be weird if someone just, I mean, I know, I know this probably sounds like a dream client, but it would be weird if we had someone that didn't have any, like any any freak outs. If if we had someone that, you know, didn't have like these upsets where they're like, Oh shit, the scale went up, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, it, I mean, that's, that's normal. You know? Literally when someone, uh, all, all of our clients could attest to this. Whenever someone onboards with us, they get accepted into the program. And we start in the very first email. Mm-hmm. Every single person gets is a bullet pointed list of, <laughs> Hey, here's what's going to happen. That's totally normal. You're going to lose any and all motivation. You're going to want to quit. You're going to get mad at us. You're going to have a freak out moment. You're going to think you're not progressing when you are, you're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to have bad check-ins, but guess what? Welcome to the fucking game. Right. Right. That's like expecting to never get caught in traffic. It's well, like, and see, and that's why like trust is so important because you just said a lot of things, you know, you really have to trust. So, you know, I would say that a huge quality to have is being able to trust your coach because, you know, they have to be the one that, you know, guide you through all that. Right. And here's the thing though. And this is why, like, I feel like uh, the way that we coach is very different than a lot of other coaches, not to trash talk anyone, because there's a lot of amazing other coaches other than us. Um, but a lot of people try to force trust. Mm-hmm. I've had, I will have people email me. I'm not even kidding. This is probably a really bad quote unquote business and sales thing to do, but I don't, I don't care. I'll have people, um, email me about coaching. Usually it's someone that hasn't followed, followed for very long. Um, and they go, well, why should I coach with you? Why should I trust you? And my simple response is, if I haven't earned your trust by now, then do not sign up. Follow my content for another six months. And then if you still want help, right. let's, let's, let's approach that then. But if you don't trust me, I'm not going to force it. There's nothing I could say in three emails that are going to make you trust me. And if it's not there, I don't force it. I need to earn your trust. Go follow me on, on Instagram for another three months. Go pick my brain in the DMs for another right. three months. Because if we don't, like you can't force, you can't force that. Yeah. Imagine someone moving into your house and saying, trust me. Mm-hmm. Or let's say, let's say someone who used to be a criminal breaks is, is in your house and you have to trust them. Cause a lot of people who work with us, they've worked with shitty coaches that taught them how to have eating disorders or right. that like scolded them like a drill sergeant or like a narcissistic father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, that's one thing. Uh, I, I mean, in person online, the amount of people that I've had that have had just these horror stories with, other coaches where, you know, it's literally the complete opposite of what you should do and probably fucks them up more than they help Without them. Without a doubt. Yeah. But again, it also goes back to contrast, right? Like not, this is going to sound bad. It makes us look even better. Right. If someone's never had a coach and we are their first experience as coaches, not to toot our own horn, but good luck finding someone after us. Yeah. I mean, right? if, you know, if you get an email from someone that's like, you know, Hey, I know I went over um, and I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for not yelling at me. It's like, 
Yeah, no, for real. Like, what, what do you we, mean? You, why, we, why would I yell at we, you? You, know, you and I both get those. Or like yeah. someone who's like, like, it's interesting to have a, it, it's, it's not common to have a coach who, this is how to word this. Um, they steer you and guide you without judging you. Like, of yeah. course, a judgment is, in order for us to make decisions, we have to make a judgment, right? If a client is not making progress, I have to make a judgment on where they're going wrong mm -hmm. or what's happening. But there's a difference between, uh, I think people, when they get upset about the word judging, um, they're confusing it with condemning, right? Yeah. Where it's like treating you like a fucked up human because you overate, where versus like, I have to make a decision looking at data like, yo, yeah, you probably overate, but here's how we're going to get back on track right. in a very empathetic way. Mm -hmm. Because you and I both do that. You and I both overeat. You and I both like... Like we, it's, it's, I think because a lot of people think it's actually, this is the first video someone sees on the website is I'm just like you. Yeah. And I think people think coaches are on this fucking pedestal. That's like, like it's actually in the page people sign up on. Um, it literally says I'm, I'm not the kind of person that like works out and eats extra clean when they're bored. I like, I want to go lay on the couch and drink margaritas and have donuts with my dogs. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things where I, I think that's, the whole gambit has a tendency to be a little, to be a little bit messed up from a cultural side. Yeah. But I think it's getting better. Yeah. I, I don't know why it is, but people think that once you get into the fitness realm and the weight loss realm, that you can no longer be a human. It, it, here, it's interesting. I'm really glad you brought that up. I mean, think about it this way, like uh, how to word. Everyone does this shit outside of fitness really well. Yeah. It's just this one thing people take and they have to, or they think that they have to become an alien to succeed. Do you ever have a person who's like, they tell you they're an all or enough person, all or nothing person, then you like dig that deeper and they're like anything but. Yeah. They just like act like it when it comes yeah. to fitness. Well, and you know, I mean, that's another thing too. Like, um, you know, another good quality in a client would be adaptability. Um, you know, like with the all or nothing mentality, you know, I've had a lot of people that, you know, they're just having a bad day and they can't get into the gym mm -hmm. to do a full workout. Um, you know, if they're adaptable, you know, then maybe you just do, you know, 10, 15, mm -hmm. you know, squats and a couple sets of pushups, yeah. you know, that, that's why like that human element is so important in understanding that, you know, you don't have to be a rigid, you know, a robot yeah. where, you know, it's just, it's the little things. You don't have to be perfect mm -hmm. to progress. You just, that's a huge one. Well, and like, it's along those lines too, is it's like, there's always stuff in your control. Yeah. Like people have this tendency. Here's the issue though. Like, first of all, no one is an all or nothing person outside of fat loss. If your kids smarted off to you, you're not going to put them up for adoption. If you blow out your right knee, you're not going to, for the sake of it, blow out your left one. If you are late for 15 minutes going to work, you're not going to quit because of construction. Like we don't, aren't those people, our lives thrive in balance. But the issue is with like all or nothing or all in all out is cool all in, you're doing the shit. But then if you're all out, you're literally doing nothing and you're almost sabotaging. Right. I've, I've had so many people like quit programs and quit do it dieting or whatever. I've had people like, for example, get involved in like the group program, like the, the tribe and they're, and they, 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 let's say cancel. I've seen mm -hmm. it. And, and I'm, and I'll reach out and be like, Hey, just checking on you, making sure like I saw you cancel, making sure everything's okay. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, I just couldn't get the workout. So I just wasn't getting like all the benefits. So I just decided to quit. Right. But it's like, you still learn, and, I, and I'm not going to argue with them, right. but it's like that mentality is so toxic because it's like, wait, just so you, because you can't do every fucking thing, you're going to do nothing where it's like, what about like you, you can get your nutrition mm -hmm. in check. You can do the inner work every day to keep your mental state in check. Yeah. You can, when things slow back down, get back into a more consistent workout routine. People forget that like you have to do these actions to survive. Right. Right. Even at bare minimum, you can always stop when you're full. I don't care how you're busy, busy your life is. You can always stop when you're yeah. full. You can always, there's always something you can do, but people, when they take it all in, all out, I think, I think the reason for that and correct me what you, or if you think I'm wrong, I think it's to mitigate ownership when people don't execute. So therefore no, no results show up. They go, well, that's just who I am. I'm an all or nothing validating the bad behavior. Yeah. One analogy that I kind of like to, to do with like the all or nothing is so like, let's say that you're going to repaint your house, right? So, you know, you've got your living room, your kitchen, your you know bathroom, you're repainting everything. So, you know, if we were to relate that to like, let's say your uh, bathroom is, you know, the food relationship, let's say the dining room is, um, you know, being consistent with workouts, you know, just because you can't paint an entire room in one day doesn't mean that you give up and don't paint any of it. You know, you can paint a little bit at a time, <laughs> go to the other room, paint a little bit at a time. Yeah. Um, you know, just because you can't do it all in one sitting doesn't mean that you need to give up. And, you know, I think that's where people go wrong is, you know, eventually the house 
will get painted, you know, mm-hmm. but it will take time. I, I'm, I'm going to steal that analogy. I love that uh, a lot. That's a really good, good analogy. And here, here's the thing though. I think this all, it, it's a very nice circle back. Um, the reason people do that, I think, is because of impatience, because yeah. they're trying to lose weight as fast as possible. They're trying to stop binge eating as fast as possible. But like the issue is when we do things out of desperation, right? Like nothing hap- good ha- like nothing good happens out of desperation. No. <laughs> like, like imagine like a girl at a bar and a guy's desperate to get, get in her pants. Like that's not gonna work. Let's say you go to buy a car and you can tell the, the car salesman's desperate for to mm-hmm. sell it for a quota. You're, something's going to feel off and you're going to avoid them. But what happens when anybody, someone is anything but desperate? Mm-hmm. It's like everything they want could come to them. Yeah. Right. When, a question I like to ask a lot is how many years have you been trying to lose weight as fast as possible? And right. they go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, but, but it, uh, and I can definitely relate with people too. You know, it's sure. the one thing where, I mean, I get it. Hell yeah. You want to wake up the next day and be a new person. I totally get that. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you have to understand that it's, it's not a quick fix. It's not right. an overnight thing. It's, you know, it's a, a process, you know, weight loss in and of itself is a process, but there's a whole lot of other shit that Absolutely. goes along with it. Especially if you come to this game with a fucked up foundation, like you're, let's say your food relationships are trash. Let's say you binge eat. Let's say you have emotional issues. Let's say you've been depriving. Let's say like, that's literally the equivalent of buying a house. And you're so ready to renovate. You're ready to fucking paint the walls, knock down a wall or two. You're ready to make it homey. But you get into it and you find out the foundation is fucked. So you're going to have to put your entire budget in the next six months into the concrete under the dirt that no one sees. Right. But like you would be an idiot not to, right? Like, cool. You got all the, you got the walls beautiful. You got pictures hung up. You got the fireplace put in, but you never fix the foundation in three months. The house crumbles. Right. No one would do that. You can always go back and do that stuff. Right. I think people forget when you fix the foundation of weight loss, it's really easy to lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's like. And see, and I think where a lot of people go wrong too is a lot of the times in fixing the foundation, you don't progress, but damn, is that important to fix the foundation? I was just speaking with uh, one of my girls yesterday. She, um, she's had some serious foundation stuff we fixed over the past year. And she said, She's like, Jared, uh, I'm, I'm, I literally look, I'm literally the exact same as I was a year ago. Like I'm, I'm way the same. I, I look the same. And she goes, but I'm actually happy now. Yeah. And I go, happiness is a beautiful place to build from. Um, actually being happy with your body, even if it's a little overweight is a beautiful place to build from. Fat loss is easy because where she was a year ago, she was an obsessive athlete mm-hmm. who thought, she had to eat clean, train seven days a week and be a fucking madman when it comes to weight loss. So no wonder she yo-yoed, right? No wonder there was lots of overwhelm, lots of burnout where, but now it's like, she's made such amazing progress mentally. Now we have the space to lose weight and it's easy. It's Mm -hmm. fucking easy because she doesn't do it all out of hating herself. Right. You know what I mean? Um, not to mention like the past year has been a pandemic, not to mention that like job stuff, not to mention Man, like, I'll, I'll tell you what the, the pandemic is really uh, like, I, I, that was one thing that I was going to highlight with a lot of my clients, especially, um, you know, in the States now we're, we're pretty lax depending on where you are. But um, you know, I've, I've got a decent bit of clients up in Canada and yeah. they're still, or in inc- like the UK. Yeah. And they're still, you know, incredibly, incredibly strict over there. So, you know, they've had to, you know, there's obviously all the, you know, uh, I was just going to say something. What was I going to say? You know, there's obviously all the stuff that you have to overcome, you know, yeah. with weight loss in and yeah. of itself, but you know, then you, you know, take into account, you know, lockdowns, you know, being out of work, things like that. So, you know, there's a, uh, there's been a lot that they've had to overcome. And, and, and along those lines, I think another great trait of the people who are most successful is self-compassion, mm-hmm. right? There's one thing where, where let's say we're empathetic. There's never a reason for us to get gr- nasty or, or, condemning or whatever with a client. Right. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter. Like there's never a reason. It's why we never do it. But most people are their worst. Like I, I, I did an Instagram uh, post like a year ago and it went pretty well. And I basically said, um, if someone talked to your best friend, the way you talk to yourself, how pissed would you be? Probably very, right, right, very right. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and it's like, I think people aren't compassionate enough with their, their own self, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have so many people like during over the last year of the, the pandemic and everything. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't made any progress. I go, did you gain weight? And they go, no, but I haven't lost any. I go. So we had a global pandemic that 
um, that no one saw coming, that no one expected, that was supposed to be two weeks, that ended into a right. year and a half. You lost your job. You got a new job. You've um, had to do shit with your kids and you didn't gain a hundred pounds. Right. You're telling me that's not progress? And they go, oh. Or like, <laughs> or like you know, so it was like f- f- going off of that, like reverse dieting to us. That's huge. You know, so like to, to people listening, so if we have a weight loss client, so if without any context, if we have a weight loss client and they gain a little bit of weight, and you and I are happy about that to the average person. They're like, the fuck you guys are terrible. What do you mean? They gained weight. But what you didn't see is we reverse dieted them without, you know, gaining, you know, more than five pounds. They they double their, their food intake. Um, you know, so there's, there's just so much that goes into it. I was, I was talking about that on the group mentorship call, the last one, whatever day it was, um, reverse that, dieting or? You know, the, the, how most people look at progress oh, right. with their blinders on. Yeah. Like most people think progress has to be the scale measurements or progress pictures. Right. But the fact that like, let's say you used to binge all week and now you might binge once every week, week and a half progress. Right. If you, um, if you used to be an all or nothing person and you had too many margaritas on Wednesday and you got back to it on Thursday and you normally would have waited till Monday, huge progress. Mm -hmm. If you normally would have emotionally eaten and now you emotionally journaled and went on a walk progress. Right. If you normally, uh, or like not even just that, like it's one of those things the other, the other example I like to give is with along the lines of like reverse dieting and maintenance phases or eating more and not gaining. It's because a lot of people come to us like starving and we, we can't build a foundation of fat loss from 900 calories a day. Well, um, I had, I had a lady one time who, uh, she, she was seeing progress a little short sighted. She started at 900 calories a day and I got her to like 1800, 2000 Mm -hmm. calories a day. And keep in mind, she was like five foot, three, 130 pounds. Like she was little. And, um, and she started with me at 900 calories a day. And, and I'm like, we can't lose fat from here. So I built her to like 1800, mm-hmm. close to 2000. And she was like, Jared, I haven't lost any weight. I'm at, I'm exploding. And I, yeah. and, and first of all, her progress picture showed differences in yeah. a positive way, but the scale of course is you doubled your food intake. Of course the right. scale is going to be all over the place. And I said, this is what I would label as inverted progress. Yeah. Like I, and I, the example I like to give is imagine if your boss came and said, Hey, I'm dropping your hours to like, a th- I'm dropping your hours by half, but I'm going to pay you the exact same as full time. Right. That is a, you had, you got a raise. Instead of working 40 hours for, let's say, three grand, I don't know what normal, I don't, I haven't worked in the workforce normal for a long time, so I don't even know what's what, but let's say like, let's say 40 hours for, let's say 10, let's say, let's say, let's say $5,000 and they go 20 hours for $5,000. That was a raise. Right. It wasn't a, well, I only make five grand. It's like you, you work half the time. Right. You know, if we can get you to stay the same and drop your workouts by half, increase your, double your calories, you're telling me that's not fucking amazing progress. Right. Yeah, I mean that you know that, that goes back to 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 trusting the coach. Um, you know, I, God, so many people and not being emotional. Yeah, well, I mean, God, if I had to like give a rough percentage, I would say of the women that I work with, probably 70 percent of them I've had to reverse diet from day one. Yeah, um, and you know that's uh, and for a lot of people, and I totally get it. That's a scary thing. It's scary as fuck because you're trying to lose weight and you know that you have to eat less. Well. You think that you have to eat less. So you hear that and you're like, well, shit, I'm going to gain a bunch of weight and undo everything yeah. that I've done. But, you know, so that's another big thing where it's just, you know, you really got to trust your coach that, you know, even if, and that, then, you know, that's what I'm saying too. Even if they gained a little bit of weight, like maybe they gained two pounds, it's but they're able to raise their average from right. 1,000 to 2,000. Hell yeah. A, a thing I like to, to mention to people that who are really scared, because again, from an empathetic side, I resonate with it. I get it. But also, how's what you've been doing going? Right. Right. Like it's almost like, like I remember when I, when I hired like my first business coach, um, I was scared shitless to pay the money. It was, it was more than my fucking mortgage. And I was like, it was actually almost double my mortgage at the time. And I was like, I wasn't, business wasn't taken off and I knew I needed help. And I'm like, fuck, I can't pay that. I could, but it was like, it was scary as shit. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember thinking like, I'm living broke as fuck already and not making it. Like I can either keep going to what I've been doing, which obviously isn't working, or I can hire a coach who, and this was in business, who can teach me the, re- the, the, the best ways to go about it. And my life had never been the same yeah. since that moment. Because it's like, well, what have I been, how's doing what I've been doing going? Oh, it's fucking terrible. There's, it's, it's the nice thing about rock bottom is you have nowhere to go but up. Right. You know what I mean? But um, 
I think also like a lot of people believe differently, like universally, like from a like law of attraction and like all that kind of that stuff. When you invest in yourself blindly, it's like, you know what? I need the help. And you hire a coach of like, in my case, the business coach or people who bring us on who are just like, they reach that point of desperation, which is never a good place, but they're like, I will, I don't care what I have to unlearn. I know I need help. I think magic happens in that moment mm-hmm. anyway, regardless of anything. Like, I think that's when magic happens, right. let alone you have that with a really good coach who cares, who knows how to do this game. Yeah. So totally agree with that. Yeah. Wow. Is it weird that we've already been going for almost an hour? Have we really? Yeah. 48 minutes right here. We should. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this is some good stuff. So um, let's kind of wrap up um, a little bit because we got into some really deep stuff. Um, so a couple things that I was wanting to ask you that I didn't tell you I was going to ask <laughs> you is, so I have two questions. Number one, so people trying this on their own, mm-hmm. like a couple specific tactics around um, people trying to do this on their own who would never work with a coach, what would you suggest? I know that's really like, open-ended. Like what? Now, when you say that, like, are we saying that, like, what could they do to lose weight? They are indoctrinated in a diet culture. They've been struggling for the past eight years with the same 13 pounds. Um, and they are like, okay, I get, I've been fucking up. What do I do? So step one, hire a coach. Right. Okay. Well, uh, right. Um, let's say that's not happening. Like just some like general, general stuff that would be really helpful that they could take away right now. Oh boy. It's open-ended as fuck. You're going to hate the next question if you don't like this one. <laughs> I mean... Be open to try new things. Um, you know, I would say that don't get pigeonholed into thinking that there is one correct way to do something. Right. I think that you need that, you know, adaptability of, you know, trying new things to see what works. Because so like, for example, um, you know, with uh, with all the fad diets, they all work in the same way. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so like with keto, you're cutting out carbs. So, you know, boom, you're in a you know, you're taking away half your calories per day. So you lose weight. So you never have to count a single calorie and that works for some people. For some people, they like carbs, so they would rather count calories. You know, both the, the process of both is the same. You know, the reason why they both mm-hmm. work is the same, but you know, for one person, you know, this works. And then for the other person, this works. So, you know, I would say just, you know, having that, you know, openness to try different things. Sure. Um, and then I guess uh, the, the second thing would be, so if you've been doing this for a while and you know what you're doing is not wrong, quit doing what the hell you're doing. Are you, um, wait, wait, is not wrong or is wrong? So, so if they've been trying the same like, you know, fad diets and things like that for decades without success, um, you know, stop doing whatever you're doing, <laughs> right? Literally what you're doing, do something different. Yeah, anything, anything. One, one idiot. <laughs> I, it, it blows me away, dude, how many people go, well... I'm going to go back on, I'm going to pick on the keto diet. I'm going to go back on the keto diet. I'm going to go back on Whole30. I'm going to go back to not eating at night because that's the only thing that ever worked. But it's like, but you reverted back the old ways. And that's what's kept you gaining and losing the same 15 pounds for 30 years. Yeah. Well, and you know, something else that I would say too, that kind of just to throw in a random one um, is to, uh, you know, because I think a lot of people, they, they, uh, they need to forgive themselves. Yeah. Like, I think what they do is they beat themselves up, you know, mentally and physically. Mm. And what they really need to do is just give themselves a damn break and yeah. forgive themselves. And just, I, I think just the act of doing that alone will just open up so many sure. different doors that, you know, just, just forgive yourself. No, I, I totally agree. Most people wouldn't hold that kind of grudge on their best friend, but they'll hold it on themselves. Yeah. You know, um, that's a big one. It, and it's really hard too. Like a lot of people keep, keep that like the, well, I've, I've always been a failure. I've always, it's like, stop that you, that yeah. it's time has passed. That history is gone, yeah. you know? Well, you know, because they, they try diet one doesn't work. They think they're a failure. They try diet two doesn't work. They think they're a failure. They try, um, you know, a workout regimen yeah. doesn't work. They think they're a failure. And, you know, as time goes on, you know, they just, they continue like, oh shit, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. But what you need to do is just understand that, you know, the chances are you just haven't found what works for you. Sure. Yet. So, you know, forgive yourself. But the issue, the issue though, too, that I see is once they've, let's say done that for a little while, now their identity is in a, as a failure. So now they fail at the thing that could have been successful right. because it's now an unconscious program. They're like, well, fall off. I'm a failure. I'm a fall, I'm fall off. I'm a failure. And now they like finally do something sustainably. And then they ironically fall off because they think yeah. they're a failure and it's unconscious. You know what I mean? But yeah, g- give yourself the break that you would give your best friend. That's, 
if no, if they don't take anything else from this, like yeah. that. Um, all right, last question. Oh God. <laughs> it's the Starbucks question. Oh Lord. So not like your Starbucks order. I mean, if you want to tell what your Starbucks order is, that's fine too. But uh, a red eye <laughs> uh, is I, I like to ask anyone I, I interview this, this Ooh. question is somebody you're, you're, you ordered your, your, your drink at Starbucks. So you have like what, like 30 seconds, a minute until mm -hmm. like you're at the edge and they say, Grant Kucinic, like whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and someone's there waiting for their drink as well. And, but they, you only literally have like 30 seconds, 60 seconds. And they go, what should I do? I'm tired of this. What departing advice do you have for me in that, like in that moment? Mm. <laughs> for, for like weight loss? Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, I've been struggling as they order their 3000 calorie mocha for bullshit. But you know what I mean? Oh boy. Oh boy. So you have 30 seconds to give them life-changing advice. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to the, welcome to Jared land. Yeah. Oh God. I appreciate what you do more now. <laughs> um, oh boy. I always love doing these questions that like we didn't talk about because it, 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 it brings, it brings down another layer. That, that was the one thing. So whenever I started off in college, we, uh, uh, I started off in business and you would always have to prepare that, like the 30 second elevator speech where you have to sell yourself in 30 Terrible. seconds to like the CEO that's in the, yeah. in the fucking elevator. I hated doing yeah. those. No, I like live with like off the seat of my pants. Like when people like half the time when I get invited on podcasts, um, they ask if I want a list of questions and I tell them, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I think a lot of magic happen. I think too often, and not that there's anything wrong with preparing, but like, cause we even talked a little bit yeah. prior what we were going to do, but I think so many people focus on like, well, we have to get this many downloads. We have mm -hmm. to talk about these things versus some of the best parts of our conversation in the last uh, 54 minutes have been off the, off have, have literally just been like, Oh, well, let's stay on that. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, you know what I mean? So, I mean, so, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing, if I had to just like 30 seconds, tell someone, I would tell them to just, you know, find something that they enjoy doing that they're going to have mm. fun doing, you know, because I think people make the mistake a lot of the times that thinking that this is just a short term thing where they can hate what they do and get there. And then the second that they get there, then they can have fun. But, you know, you really have to enjoy what you're doing. Have fun with it. You know, I actually just started on with uh, someone this past week and, um, you know, they have a uh, type of exercise that they like doing. And, you know, maybe it's not the most optimal for their outcome, but they said that they love doing it. So I said, all right, I want, so you much to keep, merit I want you to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think the, the biggest thing that you can do is to have fun with it. Absolutely. I, I love that. Cause that's so not what the industry says. Yeah. Actually, to be honest with you, that's one of our core values. That's one of our, I think it's number six where one of our, for those that don't know, when it comes to coaching, um, all of us coaches that, um, you know, myself, Grant, Abby, the, the team that we coach, um, we have these, it's like our true North. It's, it's our coaching core values. Most people have their own set of core values that like guides every de decision they make. Like they're probably not going to murder people. They're probably going to always take care of their family, whatever. Well, I have a specific set of core values I formulated for coaching. Like these are our true North when it comes to coaching people. I actually did a whole pot. I think I did, did it. I can't remember if I did a podcast on them because if most people go by the core values, it will solve every problem. Mm -hmm. But one of which is we have to have fun and be able to enjoy this game. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to fuck it up. You're going yeah. to literally get to the result and be like, wow, I'd rather be fat and gain all your weight back. Yeah. But if you do it in a way that like is enjoyable, just like, like Grant was saying, you can't mess up. Why? You don't quit things when you're enjoying it. Yeah. Like you ever try to get a little kid off a trampoline? It doesn't yeah. work because they're having too much fun. You know, one of my favorite things with clients, I, I always ask this to every single person um, at some point at the start is, you know, do you have any specific, so, you know, like, obviously I like, I know they're like, you know, weight loss goals and all that sure. stuff. And, you know, they're, you know, what they want to do in terms of, you know, changing their mindset. But, you know, one thing that I always ask them that normally doesn't resonate with them at first is, do you have any specific strength goals or anything that you want to do? And yeah. then almost every single person, they get into the gym and they find something that they find fun. They're like, uh, I want to do a power clean. Okay. Let's work on it. Totally let's, out let's, left field. I love let's, that. you know, take a hard left there. Let's change up the programming and let's get you being a badass at doing power cleans mm -hmm. or like a push up or a body weight pull up. Yeah. yeah. No, I just totally something agree. random because when you have a goal that is fun to you, you're going to be way more likely Absolutely. to get it. Yeah. No, I, I, I a thousand percent agree. Um, 
and, it, and it's different. It's a performance-based goal, goal versus an outcome-based goal. Yeah. Or not an outcome. I mean, I get the performance is an outcome, but it's, it's, it's totally different. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think that there's a lot of merit knowing like, so like, let's let just, and you can, you know, apply this to everything, but, you know, just in terms of like, let's say that your goal is to do a pull-up, right? And you, you know, you can't do a pull-up right now. Knowing that if you do like, for example, knowing if you do a lat pull-down, that will help you to a pull-up. Let's say that you give two shits less about yeah. doing a lat pull-down, but the fact that you know that that is going to help you to get a pull-up, you then like it more. So, you know, you can, you can mm -hmm. apply that to everything, you know? If you have that goal and you have, have something that, you know, that's fun that you want to shoot for, knowing that all these little things help lead you down that yeah. path to getting that, I think goes a long well, way. Well, and no, absolutely. It's changing focus, right? Um, everything we do as humans, we're, we're wired to either avoid pain or seek pleasure. Right. And then the question is, which is bigger? If I said, hey, Grant, give yourself a paper cut between your fingers, <laughs> uh, you would be like, go fuck yourself. If I said, Grant. I will pay you a hundred thousand dollars to cut yourself between the fingers with a piece of paper. <laughs> you would probably, and I was serious. You would probably do it yeah. because it's totally worth the pain, right? Because the outcome making a hundred grand in four seconds is worth the pain of a paper yeah. cut. It's the same thing a lot. This is why like weight loss sucks. Yeah. It's not fun tracking. No one loves to track calories. No one loves to go to the gym. And if you do, you're an anomaly. Right. And, and that's, pra and I'm just talking practical, mm -hmm. right? But the but this is why like it's so important to know what what the reason behind this. Yeah. Don't get all corny like with those. Start with why. Like everyone, no one understands. But like, what's the reason? Right. The most people, it's because like let's say let's say someone um they want to keep the lights off during sex and they just aren't comfortable in the bedroom or with their partner or, like in dating. Well, which hurts worse, being uncomfortable in the bedroom or tracking your fucking calories? Right. Right. Or. I pressed the button by accident. We're good. Um, or like what's, you know, let's say going to the gym when you're not motivated, what hurts worse that or not being able to play with your kids. Right. You know what I mean? It's like everything we do is about avoiding pain or seeking right. pleasure. But one is, but it's, I, I can't remember who originally said this first, but it's that old quote of when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. Mm -hmm. That's when we start moving forward where yeah. it's like, which hurts worse? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's so many like, you know, like the, there's so many uncomfortable things that you're going to have to do with, you know, like changing your mindset and yeah. things like that. But, you know, it, it's all just leading you to that, you know, down that path. It's leading you towards that goal. Yeah, without a doubt. Cool. I think that's a nice little bow on this one. So good deal, man. Well, thanks for doing this. Dude. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to have to do these more often and stuff. So, um, we'll do this. Um, so if you guys made it through the whole podcast, I really appreciate it. I know you, if you did, you got a lot of value from this. Um, if you want to connect with Grant, Grant doesn't do a whole lot on social media right now. Um, I'm trying to change that, but he doesn't, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so you guys, I'll leave Grant's email in the bio that way, or in the description below that way. If, um, you guys do want to, you know, just say, Hey, what's up? I heard you on the podcast or anything like that. Um, you can email him. I'll have that in the description because his last name is spelled really fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'd love to, you know, if you guys have any questions on Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to, to answer yeah. whatever. Awesome. Cool, dude. Well, thank you guys again for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.